0: the kick in and here it comes swing and a miss and a world series game seven winning curly w is in the books washington capitals are the 2018 stanley cup champions you like that
1: you like that i like that you gotta like that
0: my approval ratings
1: keep going up sorry to keep you waiting complicated business
0: Welcome in. My name is Joe. This is the Contender Washington football team post-game show. It is my pleasure to be here with Bill, and it is all my pleasure because this team gives me no pleasure at all, <laughs> Bill. This team is something else, and and there's a lot of positive things that I forced myself to extract while watching this game for the last three, three and a half hours, whatever it is, but overall... It's kind of more of the same. And, you know, I, I, I took a lot of notes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a bunch of stuff, and I'm sure we're going to go back and forth here. Phone lines are open as well for anyone that wants to, to call in on the contender and be a part of this show. What, what is your initial gut reaction to this, Bill? Because mine is it's kind of more of the same. This team in three to five to maybe seven-minute spurts looks really good. But ultimately, it's it's going to be a lot of the same, which is an underwhelming defense, a lackluster offensive that tends to be very vanilla until they have to force the ball when they start to get a little bit more creative. And, you know, just things don't generally go our way. What was your gut feeling or gut reaction to this one?
1: I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I thought I felt like this one was missed opportunity more than anything else I felt like they had a legitimate chance maybe not to win this game but to make the Packers sweat a little bit and they didn't do it because from Heineke whatever that was at the goal line which I still am baffled because he he didn't have to dive he didn't nobody was going to hit him just run across nobody's hitting you at that point what are you doing and then to go for it over and over again on fourth down, I think Rivera might have got spooked when the first field goal got blocked because later on in the half, you've got an opportunity to take a 10-7 lead against the Packers in their house, and it would have just been a 45-yard field goal, which I'm assuming you sign the guy because you think he can make 45-yard field goals, but instead they go for it. They don't get it. The Packers go right down and scores 14-7 at, at halftime. It didn't make any sense to me to to not kick the field goal there to take the lead because then you've got an opportunity to at least perhaps have a lead at halftime. And I know they had it last week against the Chiefs at halftime and it didn't work out. But the more you give your team confidence in that regard, maybe the better off it's going to be in the end. Maybe the outcome is different. But I, I didn't like a lot of Rivera's play calling. I didn't like a lot of they were down 21-7. to seven. Again, not the fourth and goal when they were at the half foot line, but they had another one. I think they were at like the four, three or four. Kick the field goal. You keep taking points off the board, and then it doesn't give you an opportunity to get back in the game. Take the field goal, and I know everybody's going to love. Oh no, it's Riverboat Ron. You know the the analytics say you go for it on fourth down. If you watch the earlier part of that game, they were not successful going for it on fourth down. Why would you do it there? So I felt missed opportunity, and I agree with you. It was more of the same. More of the first time the other team touches the ball, they march right down the field and score. More of just not being able to do anything to keep themselves in a ball game in which they dominated at times. If you look at like yards per play and everything else, they they were the more dynamic offensive. They were better. They, times. Were
0: better. Yeah. they were they they outpackered the Packers in in some regards. Heineke held his own, and we can talk about the missed opportunities and there's there's plenty of that to get into at moments again in spurts the washington football team looked like the better team and you know i'm doing one of these like i rub things like wow okay that maybe maybe they actually made some adjustments besides you know swapping kickers maybe there was something here i don't think I'm, I'm i'm waiting for my stats to print off the printer here but i don't think tressway had a punt in this game i could be wrong on that but i, I don't I no you probably yeah you're right yeah, You're right. I mean, there was there was, I think, one punt total in the game. So the offense was effective at move keeping the ball and moving the ball. The fumbling problems, especially with Gibson, and I'm a Gibson guy. It's tough to see now. It's several weeks in a row. But go all the way back to the beginning, and I'm with you on this. And we covered it a little bit, and I'm I'm starting to say it more frequently, and it bothers me that I keep saying this. I feel like Rivera's being outcoached. I feel like Matt LaFleur early in this game you know facing a, long, a third and long and then it became a fourth and short basically saying you know what i have full confidence in my team i'm going to go for it that first touchdown came on a fourth and 2 where the defense was able to get some pressure up front move rodgers to the side i mean he, he scrambled to the right threw it across his body you know devonta catches the ball he scores a touchdown it's a great play but as a as a football team fan i'm sitting here thinking You have like they are literally disrespecting you in the beginning of the game to not even not even to pretend that they care. I mean, at times, Bill, I felt like the Packers were trying to put this game away at halftime and just coast because they knew if they built a substantial enough lead, Washington was going to dig themselves a hole that they couldn't offensively get out of. And that's kind of what I felt Matt LaFleur was doing. The, the running backs for, for Green Bay really didn't work very hard today. It was a lot of dinks and dunks and screens out of the backfield. This is a team that every single week going into this, if you're Ron Rivera and the football team, you're preparing for a Packers team that has gained more yards every single week of this season on the ground than the week before. Matt LaFleur comes in and says, I, I don't need to do that. I don't need to run my guys you know, at 100% 20 times a game. This defense isn't that good. There's holes here. And he just picked and picked and picked. And as the game wore on, the defense got a little bit more tired. They were able to generate more pressure. But ultimately, Rodgers is too good of a quarterback. You can't give him green space because he'll run and grab it, which he did. You can't leave his guys, primarily his tight ends, unguarded, which they did. I mean, they gave up, two, I believe, two touchdowns today to tight ends. And one of them, Jamin Davis, just got burned so bad. And I and I got notes, Bill. I got pages of notes uh, <laughs> on Jamin Davis in particular. This is his maybe arguably his best game going into the third quarter, and then he got he got he got roasted on that touchdown in the corner to, uh, to, uh, to Tanyan. So again, the defense they got pressure early. Rodgers didn't seem phased. There was a lot of smiling. I saw some red in the stands as well. Like I I was I was encouraged at the end of the first two three drives. I mean, this the offense was moving. You knew it was going to be. They're going to have to keep up with them, and they go into halftime in a respectable position, and then literally the wheels come off. And this is for me where I get on the coaches. You have to make adjustments in this league. Ron doesn't seem interested in making adjustments week to week, much less in game. They didn't change anything, and Rodgers eventually got the looks that he wanted, and he took advantage of them. So again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset at the performance, the overall performance of the football team. Because they were they were more or less in the game going into the last you know frame and a half or even in the last quarter. They had opportunities. And then, again, offensively, the wheels came off. You can't... There was one stat in particular just kind of burning a hole in the side of my head. The Packers, the Joe Barry de- defensive unit, the Packers, in the red zone this season coming into today, 15 of 15. They've given up 15 touchdowns on 15 opponents' um, possessions in the red zone. Today they get they get two stops and a pick, right? I think it was. Oh, sorry, they get yeah. It, it was four it was three. total stops, wasn't it? I thought it was three. I'll go back now, and check real they, quick. But you could be right. Could be three. Could be three. My point is they didn't give up the touchdowns that they've been giving up. You know, and and again, right. the football team's able to move the ball, but they get to this point and then Taylor just two really bad plays back to back, and and those are the ones that are going to stick out. And even further into the fourth quarter, you know, Terry dropping a ball. There, there's a lot here that I think. When they watch this film back and when we watch it back over the next couple of days, there's things that we're going to point at and say, you know what, they did some things better than we expected. But then there's other things where they just they couldn't get timely stops. They couldn't get off. Like, it's the same story. Third down conversions. Packers were able to convert on third and fourth down. And the football team just they didn't have enough. They didn't have enough.
1: Well, you look at, and, and I thought that, actually, I thought the announcing crew did a pretty good job today. Um, I, I thought Greg Olton, and I haven't been a big fan of his in the past, I thought he did a phenomenal job and, and as I was watching this game of pointing some things out. Like, first play of the second half, Gibson's, he may not have gone to the house, but it was going to be a huge, huge game. And what happens, he gets he gets hip-checked by his offensive lineman. He ends up going down. It's only a six-yard game. Next play, fumble. It's going back the other way. The Packers take it. They go in and score. That's a huge turning point in that game. And and Olsen pointed out that he was going to have a huge, huge game. Those are the plays that people will look at and say missed opportunity. Even if he doesn't go all the way to the end zone, it sets the tone right out of the gate because they were running on the Packers. What they finished with almost 200 yards rushing today. They outgained the Packers by over 100 yards on the ground. They had probably 30 more plays or close to it than the Packers. They may be not quite 30, but it's close. I mean, they had the ball for long stretches. I just – and I know – I'm going to go back to this again, and, and people are going to tell me that I'm nuts and it's old school and everything else. I hate when you're in a dogfight and you're struggling to score when coaches take points off the board – or not at least attempt to put points on the board by kicking field goals because the analytics tell you that you're going to score more if you go for it here on fourth down. Well, unless you come up empty and all of a sudden you're on the road and it stays a two score game and it's or stays a two touchdown game instead of giving you the chance to at least when you score, it's a little momentum. Yeah, we're, we're not is,
0: good enough. We're not good enough to be playing the analytical game, right? Like that, right, that's something. Right, that's go like- get points. Yeah, exactly. You just need points right now. We're not—we're not a good enough team. The football team is not good enough to be dissecting this—this minutia, right? These things that ultimately don't really matter in the larger—in the larger scheme of the game. We are not that good. If there are points available, you have to take the points. Now, when the game is out of reach and you need to go for it on fourth down, I get it. Totally different scenario. But early on in the game, take the points. Take the points every time. And—and I don't know. Did you have a feel on the on the back to back? I don't remember watching a game. Ironically, a few weeks back, there was missed field goals back to back to back to back to back. Right, yeah, those, yeah, yeah. What really fun games that I, I'm, I'm blanking on who was playing. I, I think it was Since the Cincinnati. if I'm not mistaken.
1: Or was no, it, it was was the Packers? might have been. It was, it was the yeah, Packers. Pac- yes, right. Packers-Browns. Yeah, I think you're right. Packers-Browns, yep, yep.
0: thank you. But when was the last time you saw back-to-back blocked field goals? Right, right, right. So right. There, there was some things that went well. But overall, to your point, they dominated from a – dominated is a strong word – they, they managed to outperform the Packers from a time perspective. They kept the ball. They were able to extend drives. But the turnovers, Bill, the turnovers have plagued this team now for, for several weeks in a row. Gibson, as much as I love Antonio Gibson, he has now, what, three or four times in meaningful spots, most notably going all the way back to week one when the Chargers are, are driving. You force a turnover. Gibson fumbles in, in, you know, effectively in the Washington red zone and the Chargers, you know, they end up winning that game. He fumbled again today and and he he always when it when it happens, it's like it's hard to describe but he's doing the thing that coaches tell running backs not to do, which is don't lift that elbow up. And it's consistently the same thing and a, a you know, a player coming by. We saw it happen to Patterson today too. The ball comes up a little bit and defenders are too good in this league. They're going to force you to they're going to they're going to force that fumble on you and it's 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 hard to see him struggle like that, and frankly, JD McKissick is is continuing just to play consistent football. You know, in, you know, spelling him from time to time as a running back. But JD had some some fantastic, you know, short routes that that really weren't supposed to go more than four or five yards that he turned into seven and ten yard you know outings. So again, the, the there's things that I I wrote down that I'm like okay, there's things here that they can build on, but it doesn't change that, you know that they lost the game that the season has effectively at this point, I think we're comfortable saying that playoffs are unlikely and the Cowboys are, we'll see what they do. I mean, the Cowboys are off, but they're on a different trajectory right now and the football team, the defense did improve. I'm wondering like, what did you see from the, from the front four defensively? Because they did look better. They did look better.
1: Yeah, they look they looked actually really, really good in the first half. Um, Other than again, I go back to it, the opening drive. Which, for whatever reason, they can't get off the field on the opening drive, and then the drive right before halftime. It was kind of bookended, and and but in between, well, they have three sacks in the first half. Unfortunately, they didn't get another one the rest of the game, um, which is a problem. And I mean, they did some nice things. Again, they they the Packers weren't even going to try to run the ball at all in this game. They had twelve rushing attempts. I take that back. Thirteen rushing attempts up until the last. You know, 215 when they ran it twice as they were trying to run the clock down or making Washington use their timeouts. Other than that, they didn't. They weren't trying to run the ball. They were making no secret at all that this was not going to be a game where they were going to run. It was going to be all Aaron Rodgers, short passes every once in a while, maybe take a shot down the field. They didn't really try to throw the ball deep at all on this team. They knew they could just kill that soft underbelly, and that's what they did all game long. The front four, I thought, played pretty well. I can't say they got tired. Because it's not like the Packers were going on 10, 11, 12, 13 play drives. They weren't choking out a bunch of the clock for the most part. They got the touchdown on the short field right out of halftime. And that was it. Right yeah. second half, I mean, they scored that touchdown right. and then a field goal late. That was it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if I'm seeing a comment come in here. For, if anybody's out there that wants to participate or join in or call in the show, 855-908-5668, there's a comment that just came in on Twitter, Bill. If you, if you were told ahead of this game, that Washington would win the time of possession battle, win the first down battle, and run almost, almost 15-16 more plays than the Packers, you would be, I mean, I would take every one of those bets, right? And there's no way. There's no way. Coming in, I would never take those, but you're right. Total yards, 430 to 304, passing yards. 235 to 247 call it call it a wash Washington you know from a rushing yards perspective almost 200 yards on the ground today 26 first downs to the Packers 19 I mean four for 11 on third down versus six for 12 there's a big delta there definitely edge to the Packers but the Packers are so effective at just moving the ball methodically down the field and when you give up fumbles interceptions etc which happened today the margin for error again is so small in the NFL that a good team is going to exploit it. A great team is going to make you pay, and they're going to make you pay dearly. And the scoreline being twenty-four ten, it it doesn't. It's a really it's a it's a complete disconnect because the team, the football team, played better than ten points, but that's all they get yeah. to show for it, right? I mean, that's that's ultimately all they get to show for it. The Packers, defensively in the red zone, have struggled to historic levels. the they flashed the They flashed that stat: fifteen of fifteen opposing teams' possessions in the red zone lead to lead to touchdowns, not even just field goals, touchdowns, Washington can't convert. They can't get in the end zone. And it's such an odd, you know, I'm not going to, you know, go like full DC curse bit here, (laughs) but this is such a Washington thing that you get two plays from the one yard line or from the inside the five yard line, the quarterback gives himself up for no apparent reason, no touchdown on the board, then taken off. And then you come back and you're trying you know, a, a, a weird like, there's no need to hurry up to the line. I understand why you're doing it fine. Okay, maybe you practiced it that way. But Taylor's got to hold on to the ball. You, you, you yeah. got to hold on to the ball in that you can't do that. Like your your team is not good enough to recover from that. You, you, you know, it's just it's not fluky, because fluky would mean that it's all luck or curse driven or whatever. This is these are just things that don't go our way consistently. And it's I don't want to say it's because of the caliber of the players because I feel like the the players today played well, but you can't be inside your opponent's five yard line, run two plays and come away with zero yards. You just can't do that. You can't.
1: Well, right. And and that's why I say, again, I wouldn't have kicked a field goal fourth and a half yard. I mean, you go for it there. I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would have spread it out and then run a quarterback sneak because I don't think the Packers were fooled at all that they were even going to consider throwing the ball. But they went empty backfield. So, of course, what's going to happen? Those guys are just going to, you know, line up right in front of Heineke. They're going to wait for him to to put the ball out. And it's exactly what happened. They went and punched it out. Everybody in the NFL is doing that now. When they see that quarterback sneak coming and the guys try to go over the top, they're not trying to – it used to be you try to grab the guy and pull him back and keep him from getting there. Now, guys are reaching for the football because they know that there's a better chance of them knocking it free than to pull the quarterback back off the pile. So – that's what happened to him. He got the ball hit. It came loose. I know Washington fans are going to complain about that call, but you know what? Don't put the officials in the position to make that that's call, right. and there's no conversation about it. Because quite frankly, when he drops it and then recovers, if they feel like his momentum is stopped at that point because it's a recovered fumble, it's the right call. And I guess that's kind of what they, they they said was, look, he fumbled the ball, he recovered it, but on the recovery, he's touched. So he's not going to be able to advance it because they say his, you know, momentum has stopped or whatever, his progress has stopped. Wasn't a bad call. And right before that, when he dove, again, we said at the top, why? What's the point? Just walk into the end zone. There wasn't anybody there getting ready to hit him. There wasn't anybody there ready to challenge him. Nobody's going to hit the, nobody. The way they protect quarterbacks now, nobody on that Packers team was going to lay a hit on him a step into the end zone because it would have been 15 yards on the kickoff because they just won't allow that anymore.
0: Well, and the irony is that this is, we're talking about Taylor Heineke, the guy who dove for the pylon. Like he, he's right. right. If you are going to make a t-shirt of Taylor, it's him diving for the pylon. So for him to, he, he, I mean, he could have just run to the pylon, like you said, right. Or, or go full Superman into the end zone. Like th- this is one of those things where you, you've, you've got to be more aware of what's happening around you. And again, in the, in that moment, it's a mistake but within the context of the larger game it's seven points that you didn't get or six right. points plus a field goal uh, an extra point attempt and and even you get a chance to redo it I actually don't like the quarterback sneak call at all you know Taylor is not a very imposing or large guy right he is he picks up his yards generally when he's scrambling as a quarterback obviously when things open up in front of him and he just kind of bolts out he's not a huge guy he's not you know, he's not Aaron Rodgers, like he, and, and he's not tall enough, perhaps. I, I don't know this, but that call from that close is usually a snap, and then you do the jump reach-over thing, right? Just for that quick second to, you know, Brady. Right, Brady's right. the master at that. You don't typically snap it, tuck it, and then try to dive through the line, which is what he was doing, and it, it ultimately it didn't work out. But two plays from inside the five-yard line against a defense that is leaky, and that's being polite— you've got to get points. You've got to get points in that, in that, you know, scenario. And it's a game, right? We're, we're back to being in a, in a dogfight at that point. And maybe the defense generates something, but I, I do want to go back to the defense here for just a moment. It's easy to kind sure. of pick on Taylor, but Landon Collins today led the team with seven tackles. This is a guy that midweek, everybody was killing here in DC because he was, you know, he was all in his feelings about, well, I'm not a you know what? What was I drafted to play? I'm not a I'm not a linebacker. I'm a I'm a safety, and I'm gonna retire as a safety, and I'm always gonna be a safety. Blah blah blah. Well, today they put him in a position. I don't care what posi- what they're gonna call it. He was in the box a lot, and it showed that he can be effective stuffing the run. I think part of the reason maybe the Packers got away from it or didn't really try they just didn't give him the looks. I mean, I, I didn't, I'll go back and watch it later, you know, probably later this week. I don't know if Rodgers called, you know, a ton of audibles to get out of run plays, but it's odd that a team that has been running the ball so effectively with an absolute stud in Aaron Jones at running back and to some, you know, and AJ Dillon is, is a serviceable back as well, but Aaron Jones in particular, only six rushing attempts for 19 yards, right? Rodgers had 17 on two attempts. So I don't know if that was the game plan. I don't know if the Packers went into this and, and LaFleur just said, you know what? I know that team, that defense is better than 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 they than they appear to be statistically. We're gonna dink and dunk and, and basically pick apart that secondary. Maybe, maybe that's what happened, maybe, because that's what really good coaches would do. But I didn't expect that. I expected Aaron Jones to touch the ball a whole lot more. He did have five catches out of the backfield as well, but only 11 touches for arguably their second most you know potent player, and we can debate that too. Something just was a miss there but for Washington to have Landon Collins leading the way with seven tackles that's a really encouraging thing and I'm going to try to be a little bit more positive here that's really encouraging you know all, to stay on on the defensive topic for just one second Danny Johnson had himself a game today as well this is a, a name that everybody needs to to kind of learn I'm, I'm learning more and more as we go on uh, as we as I see him play more but he came up and made tackle after tackle and in the late in the fourth quarter he also made a tackle up and a forced fumble um that was ultimately recovered by the packers but my point is they got play out of their secondary that they haven't gotten basically outside of week one let really and landon collins deserves a hat tip and a high five even though the game didn't go the way that they wanted to because season high in tackles for him he was around the ball constantly and the secondary i mean for collins curl fuller johnson all to be in the top five or six from a defensive uh tackling perspective that is that's pretty good i'll take it like these are things that I hope Ron will call out and say, hey, okay, we did something's better. Still a ton of holes. And up front, I mean, Jonathan Allen with two sacks, that's got to feel good. Sweat got, I think uh, Sweat got one or two himself, if I'm not mistaken. I'm he got a one. Here. Yeah, they,
1: they had three total, all of them in the first half. Three yeah. total.
0: Sweat got close a couple of times. Ionitis yep. got close on on uh, Rodgers when you're scrambling around. You know, he almost had a safety, you know, safety, sack safety um, on Rodgers as well. So they got consistent pressure. I, I'm just, I would love to know if Matt LaFleur saw something that we didn't because I didn't see this coming. I didn't see the Packers not running the ball at all, basically. Like you said, they just they didn't bother. They didn't bother today.
1: They didn't need to. But the funny thing is you, you're talking about the front line and how well they played. How well they played. One name you didn't even mention. Chase Young. Well, uh,
0: well, Chase got right? poked in the eye and then missed like three plays. I, I don't know what's going on with Chase.
1: Right, but I mean, it's like he was out for three quarters, right? right? I mean, he, he had, what, two tackles today, I think. He did have a nice play on that when they tried to set up the, the tight end screen to his side. He knocked it down. That was early in the game. But other than that, they did.
0: So I'm looking at it zero tackles, two assists. And I, I so my, <laughs> I, one of my kids was sitting next to me actually when we watched that. And she, she looked at me. She's like, why is he celebrating? I was like, I, I don't know why he's celebrating. You're right. On the deflection, <laughs> like he, he did what he right. was supposed to do. Like, uh, I mean, I get it. Okay. It's early in the game. You're feeling good. But, there's got to be a little bit more awareness around as well like you, you, you didn't intercept it you didn't like you didn't cause a fumble you deflected a pass right and it was a sidearm pass as well um so it's just one of those things like i don't know like my, my feelings towards Chase Young are changing a little bit but overall i feel like the defense only giving up 24 points in the manner that they did it in several cases on short fields because of turnovers caused by the offense i'm okay with this defensive performance you could you could i think you could argue that it was one of their Better performances as a unit yeah. against a a potent and high caliber, uh, quality offensive unit. The problems really were they they just couldn't get in the end zone, and they had they had opportunities to do it. They just couldn't get in the end zone, Bill. And it's it's really frustrating as a fan because I won't say it was a winnable game, but it was certainly closer than fourteen points.
1: Uh, well, I'll I'll say it. This was their best defensive performance of the year. Name name one better. Maybe maybe the Chargers in Week One. Maybe. After that. They gave up 30 points a game all the way through. Atlanta, the Giants. The Giants. I right. mean, this is this was by far their best defensive performance of the year. I don't think there's any question about it. From stopping the run, as you mentioned, Packers team who has already been trying to establish a run and doing a better job of it. They want to be more balanced as again, it's going to get colder and everything else up there in Green Bay. So you can't sling it around 35, 40 times a game to holding them to 24 again 10 points in the second half the touchdown was on the short field after the the fumble or interception whatever i don't know if the nfl go back and look at the one the sack hit when the ball popped out of heineke's hands and the packer uh defensive lineman caught it that was a short field for the touchdown and then they gave up a field goal later on other than that green bay didn't really move the ball that well in the second half um just again Missed opportunity after missed opportunity after missed opportunity for Washington of not taking the field goals when you had an opportunity to make it a fourteen to ten game. Well, I guess it would have been twenty one seven to make it a twenty one to ten game to at least get yourself a little bit of momentum back into it. So you say, okay, we drove down there, we didn't come away with nothing. Now let's D up again, get the ball back, and we can go right back down, and score, go for two, and you're within three points at that point. Yeah, I- they just didn't do it. I mean, they just didn't I mean the offense just didn't handle their business when they needed to
0: do you have a do you have a read on on Rivera like I'm just curious to get your take on on coach because you know we I feel like last year pass is the wrong word but maybe maybe everybody wasn't so critical so hard and the team did make the playoffs I just feel like the lack of adjustments built it continues to be a problem for this team I, Landon Collins coming into the box today is an improvement. And I just mentioned, like, he led the team in tackles today. He looked better. Offensively, Ron says he's completely hands-off, which to me is a little problematic because I don't like the way Scott Turner calls games, generally speaking. But Taylor made some things happen, some good plays, some bad plays. But, I mean, from my perspective, I see Taylor today locking in on one receiver. It felt like a, a quarter. It was all McLaurin to start the game. And then it was more McLaurin, and then it was all Humphreys, and then it was back to McLaurin towards the end. And and Terry had a terrible drop in the end zone himself, which I think we got to be fair and look at. You know, you got to make that that catch. I yeah. mean, you're in the end zone, your team is losing, ball hits you in the hands, you got to catch that ball. So, you know, I, I I don't know. Some something is amiss here again, but offensively, they were able to get into the red zone. They couldn't get into the end zone specifically. But some of this has to fall on Ron. I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to do Monday, Monday, uh, Monday morning quarterbacking and talk about. Well, you know, the the field goal kicker swap was really just a distraction. Maybe, maybe not. But I feel like they're still lacking some creativity on offense. The defense played better, but still, it, it's not the same defense we saw last uh, last season. And some of this has to come back to Ron ultimately.
1: Yeah, I think obviously last year had. Philly or Dallas or somebody won the division at 10 and six, you know, I don't think anybody would have had a problem with it, them being seven and nine and going into this year, trying to build upon that. I think, I think there is a bit of expectation because they did win the division, even though they were seven and nine, they weren't a winning team and they still want it, just was a horrible division. But I also think there was a lot of honeymoon period, with Ron last year. And, and rightly so, because I mean, you look at the disaster that he replaced and then everything, and I hate to go this route. Um, but everything that he went through with this cancer, which was miserable, uh, as a guy who just went through chemo, I was actually going through chemo the same time Rivera was, um, I, I can't imagine trying to spend 60 to 70 hours at Red Excuse me, Washington Football Team Park trying to put together a game plan while I'm dealing with that. I mean, it's, it was amazing. That doesn't excuse everything that's going on this year. And I always go back to it all the time when, when people say, well, what's hap- what happened here with Ron Ver? What happened with it? Well, you know what? He got fired from his last job for a reason. What was the reason that Carolina got rid of him? I mean, that's the thing is at some point, there were shortcomings, and it wasn't working out. So, did he bring those shortcomings with him? Did they just not vet the guy well enough? I think they had to go with a veteran guy. I know a lot of people said, "Oh no, young guy, young guy, young guy." Look, you know, look what Sean McVay's doing. Look what you know Shanahan's doing, Kyle, and everything else. But this team wasn't those are ready. All to have young guys, guys,
0: Bill. Right. Those it, are all it, those are our young guys that we let right. walk out the building. Right.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. And I think I think this team will be ready for a young guy after Rivera and I don't know how long that's going to be I don't know if he's here for a couple more years whatever it may be who knows maybe he gets this thing turned around I think they'll go to Denver and win because the Broncos couldn't even beat a horrible horribly beat up Cleveland team the other day so I think they can go to Denver and win um and, and maybe you know the back stretch when they play five straight against the NFC East the Giants are still terrible I think they can get the Eagles you know once who knows they beat Dallas once you know, then you're looking at maybe they get to six, seven wins again. And if we look up in their seven and 10, is that much, is it that much worse than last year? I no, mean, I think
0: if we get to seven wins, I think we feel good. I think we yeah, would look at should. it and say, you know, and that, and I think that's the irony here. If we sat here preseason and, you know, picked wins and losses, we didn't have them beating the pack. We didn't have them beating the the chiefs. We didn't have, them. No, beating, of course not. you know, the chargers. So they're kind of where we expected them to be. Again, Foolishly, as a fan, I want them to win every game, and I'm of I'm rooting for them every single game because this is my team, for better for worse. And right now, it's not for better. But I don't I don't disagree with you. I think they can get a win in Denver. I think that's a difficult place to play, but it's not like Lambeau Field. And then they got a bye week, and maybe they can reset and do something after that. But you know, they got the Bucks, the Panthers. You know, the 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 Ron Homecoming game on the but 21st, the Panthers are terrible.
1: They are they they, they, yeah. they bench. Damn darn today. I mean, they lost. They got boat raced by the Giants. The Panthers are not good now. If Christian McCaffrey's back, maybe that thing changes a little bit. But they're they're not any good. So that that to me is is you look at it, they could go five and five the rest of the year. If they're a five hundred team the rest of the year, they finish seven and ten. Is that I, such a horrible? I think
0: that's a successful season given where right. we, where we sit right now, right? So right. you know, some some of this, yeah. I mean, what what's going to sting though is that this was a for better or for worse, this was, was a, winnable a winnable game, game today. Yes, this was a game absolutely. they could have gotten, right? I mean, this is they go back to the Chargers in week one. That was a, a winnable game that maybe we didn't expect that we we could have been in that game or we could have won that game. Those are the these are the ones that I think you're gonna come back to and say, ah, if we just had that one, it would have made a difference. This one in particular, to me, because they were so effective moving the ball and getting that close to scoring, it does sting a little bit more because the defense played better. They can, they they held their own to some extent against um, a, a very good offensive unit, and as you mentioned, is probably their best all around defensive performance. The offense was able to move the ball; they just weren't able to get into the end zone, and they had so many chances to do it in an opposing, you know, in Green Bay. So I think we can be encouraged by what they did today, but the scoreboard is a scoreboard, and twenty-four to ten is not it's not where you want to be. And it, it really should have been much closer. And potentially, you know, it could have maybe gone a different way if, 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 if Terry catches the ball in the end zone, right? If Taylor is able to convert and get, like, maybe put a little bit of pressure on Rodgers, he's not really susceptible to, to pressure anyway. We've seen what he's done in his entire career. If he's got the ball at the end of the game down by, you know, five, six points, he's going to go down the field and, and, and tie the game. So I, I don't want to get too romantic with my, with my revisionist history here, but
1: this was a, it should have been closer than, it, than what it was. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And, and that's what we've talked about. But again, it goes back to all the mistakes. And I mean, you think about what they fumbled four times. They recovered all three, you know, three of the four, which I mean, that's just kind of dumb luck, like the one that Heineke ran down on the reverse and he just happened to be trailing the play and it bounced right to him. That's not going to happen every single time uh, Gibson's one, the guy just fell on it on his side and it squirted out the backside instead of staying in front of the guy's stomach. That's just kind of a lucky dumb play that, that ended up working out for them. So it was just kind of mistake upon mistake upon mistake by the offense. I mean, you look at one of the last sacks that they gave up. And again, you know, Olsen pointed out on the, on the television broadcast when McKissick went out for the pass and he tripped the lineman his own lineman, and they they go in and get the sack. And you see the lineman, I forget who it was now, left guard, um, sitting there on the ground with his arms out going, what are you doing? Because he ran right at the back of him and knocked him over. An easy sack for the Packers at that point. I mean, not that the game was pretty much done at that point, but still, it's just kind of like these are the things that you go, okay, this is what happens when you're this type of organization. You don't score from, you know, your your quarterback dives and ends up a half yard short because it's so painful. He doesn't know to it's just so run painful. it
0: in. I mean, it, yeah. it's such a DC. It's such a DC. Such a football team thing.
1: It's a it's, football team thing. It's not a DC thing. It's a football team thing
0: for whatever but, but reason. It hurts, Bill. It hurts because oh, those, are, those are points. Those are points that Taylor should have scored. You know, and and you know, I, I want to go back to something. To me, maybe when the game got away from them a little bit, it was towards the. I want to say it was about halfway through the uh, the third quarter when they run the 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 back to back trick plays. And you yeah. just alluded to, to taylor recovering the fumble on the first one um i mean i give him credit i mean he he did what he was supposed to do he set one blocker, kind of got in the way stayed with the play down the field it, yeah the, the fumble happened and he was able to jump on it and then they come right back and they run another essentially a flea flicker it looked like um or an attempted flea flicker and taylor it's not there he tries to sling it it's not there he runs down for another 15 yards so they they were able to move the ball. I think I think that's the thing that's gonna really, you know that that's the, the I think the talking point for the week is the offense was able to move the ball consistently. Taylor threw for two hundred and fifty plus. He ran for almost hundred on ten carries. Gibson, you know, a respectable three or I think just under three or just over sorry three point six yards per carry for Gibson. So he he was fine running the ball as well when he when he got it and some of those were chunk plays too, you know. And then from a receiving perspective, I'm looking at it now. McLaurin, 7 for 122. There's at least one or two that he probably could have had as well. Definitely the one drop in the end zone. But, uh, I mean, a good line from from your stud receiver. Ricky Seals-Jones, 6 for 51. Adam Humphreys, 3 for 36. McKissick, four thirty four. 34. You know, everybody got their their touches, so to speak. But, again, offensively, like, there is a there is a ceiling with this unit. And I feel like today, unfortunately, the score doesn't reflect how well they played again in in spurts because they were they were they did a lot of things well except you know where it counted which is getting the points.
1: Well, and also arguably you can look at it and say and, and I'm and I'm not counting Curtis Samuel in this because I'm not expecting him to be ready who knows when that guy is going to be ready to play again. But they don't have a ton of weapons on that side of the ball as far as in the passing game right now, right? It's McLaurin and who else? They really don't have anybody that I mean other than McLaurin, does anybody scare you? I mean, if you're if you're defending no, no. this team, you're not you're not scared. I mean, yeah, his line was okay today, Ricky Seals Jones. I mean, six catches for 51. That's pretty good. That's a decent line. But you're not scared of Adam Humphreys beating you during a game. Yeah, he's going to get some catches, but he's not going to beat you during a game. Dax is not going to beat you during a game. So it's McLaurin and what? I mean, that's it. They don't have weapons on that side of the ball, and yet they still were in position to at least put up 20-27 to today against Green Bay, and they couldn't do it just because of failing on fourth down and failing inside the five and all those types of things. But outside of McLaurin, who scares you with this offense? I mean, Gibson was okay today, but his longest run was six yards. He never yeah, broke. He, I anything a, big. I think he had an
0: eleven yarder that was called back for a holding. Right. Uh, you know. So you're right. You're right. I mean, Logan Thomas is somebody that I think you've got to at least take account of when he's available. But he's not there.
1: But That's not what I'm there. saying. And right like, now,
0: they don't have anybody you know, else. It's a lot of Terry McLaurin. It's 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 all it's all scary Terry. And when he's by himself, he's not that scary, right? Because you know what's coming. And it's your, your your stud cornerback or your best cornerback available. Plus maybe a safety is going to shadow him as well. So seven for 122, I want to give him credit. Like he, he did have, he balled out today. And some of those passes were terrible. I mean, and that's, we, we've we talked about it. And you and I, and, and we've, every show in, in, in DC has covered this. When Taylor misses, he misses high. And that's why he's always getting picked yeah. off. And there was, I think on the very first pass that he attempted to Terry, Terry had to basically stop his route and jump straight up in the air to grab it. So, this is, this is unfortunately what you get at times with Taylor, but he isn't, you know, I'm going to say he wasn't the reason that they lost, although he was because he should have scored on his, on his, uh, right. you know, his possessions, but he played, he played well enough. I mean, you could argue based on what he did. He, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers line today is 27 to 35 for 274, three touchdowns, but 25, 37 for 268 for Taylor, like from a, from a tail of the tape perspective, it, again, going into the game if Taylor and Aaron are going to somewhat cancel them, cancel each other out as far as a um, completion versus attempt versus yards, I think every Washington football team fan, I think every coach on the football team would say, yeah, we'll we'll take those odds and we'll see where we end up. You know, the, the, again, like the the team played better than the score. There's a lot of things that they're going to have to address. So, and you're right offensively, if you're not targeting Terry, you know, 12 times a game, which is essentially what happened today, who else is going to, you know, step up right. and and make a like really make a play. DeAndre Carter had a chance, but he he's proven again he's fumbled now two or three times on this season that he's sometimes got a little bit of a problem holding onto the ball as well. So, like and and this is some of this stuff is just basic. Like some of, some of it is scheme, and we have to address Turner, Rivera, and the offensive game plan. But a lot of it is also execution. I mean, the, these players today were in position to get points and they didn't do it. But again, I I am encouraged. I think I I think I'm forcing myself to be encouraged by what I saw. But the schedule does favor the team. You know, if they play this way against the Broncos, they should at least be in the game, if not in a position to win it. They then they have the bye after that. I don't think anyone has them beating the Bucks. But like you said, the Panther the Panthers are on the way down right now. The Seahawks. You know, who knows when Russell Wilson's going to be yeah. back, right? right. The Raiders, Raiders actually look pretty good without without their uh, w- you know under their their temp coach. But then it's it's all NFC East games after that. And if you can if you can get three of five or whatever whatever you need at that point, you're just beating up on your own division. Those games count a lot, you know. So you just kind of they need to tread water here, and I, I think they can do it. But you know it's it, it's tough because you don't know when you're getting Curtis Samuel back. You don't know really when you're going to get Logan Thomas back. We know that Gibson is playing with a hurt chin. There's there's a lot of things, and every team is dealing with this. But for the football team, where you, when you don't have additional weapons to just swap in and out, you have to account for these things. And and if you're the Broncos, you're going to watch this game film and say, "Well, Taylor's just going to throw at number 17 a lot, right, know, how do, right? How do we slow that down?"
1: Yeah, and that, that's what everybody that's what everybody knows. And the Packers knew that today too. I mean they they were they were all over him, but he's just that good. Um, th- this is now we talked about it a couple weeks ago with Atlanta being a must win, that you had to win that game. If you had any shot at salvaging your season, you could not lose to Atlanta because, A, they weren't a very good team. And if you lost that one, then the the run of these games was coming up. Well, you know what? Denver now becomes that game. You have to win that Denver game. If you don't and drop to 2-6 and going into your bye week, A, the phone lines are going to be burned up all over. Every talk show is going to crush you. For two weeks, because you would have dropped, what, four in a row at that point. And then you've got Tampa. So odds are you're probably going to be two and seven at that point. And you're talking about losing five in a row. You can lose a locker room pretty quick if you drop five in a row. Now, the question will become, when Fitzpatrick is ready to come back, do they make that move? Because but what do you do, I'll bro? be honest with you, I, I don't think Heineke hasn't proven to me that he's any more than a stopgap. I don't think he's a, do you think he's a top 15 quarterback in this league? Top 20 quarterback in this league? No. So do you keep throwing him out there? I think
0: it depends. I mean, if Fitzpatrick, (laughs) I I think you got, I think you got to figure out what you have in, in, in Fitzpatrick too. Unfortunately. I mean, I think you have to. And if I, I don't think Taylor is the sole or the primary reason why the team hasn't won games. I mean, he's, he's, you could argue he's kept them in games. He, that they shouldn't have been in. Certain. So I think it's hard to just, it's situational and I'm sure Ron's going to say something to the same effect. But if I have, if I am in coach Ron's shoes and I have a healthy Fitzpatrick, I i need him on the field. I need to right. see what I've got in him. And it's not because Taylor hasn't done what I expected Taylor to do. It's because Fitzpatrick is the better quarterback and I'm not quite into talent evaluation. Like I'm not punting on the season yet. I, I don't think you can do that. And given The years and years of terrible quarterback play in DC, if you have a guy who statistically is better than what you're I mean, you have to play your best guy. And I believe Fitzpatrick is still the best guy. Until the season is totally lost or you're really not in contention for a playoff spot, or you're, you know, I don't know why you need to protect, you know, Taylor Heineke, I think you have to play Fitzpatrick. I think you have to see what you have in him because you're gonna make additional changes, obviously, in the offseason, the draft. There's gonna be there's going to be things that you have to factor for. You've got to you've got to figure out whether Fitzpatrick is healthy or not, and and I don't think that's I, I think that's what I would do personally. And for all the people that are you know Tua Tua Tua, let's go trade for Tua. It, it just just Joe's opinion here. We already have Tua. His name is Taylor, right? He's a guy who's got you know a, a, an arm that is serviceable that's going to make more plays with his right now in his career with his legs than he is with his arm. Tua's very expensive. And if you bring him in, you can't, you can't afford to bring Tua here. Not right. to mention that he was with Fitzpatrick in Miami last season, which is kind of weird. But regardless, you can't afford to bring him here and then sit him on the bench. Taylor, at worst, you just, I mean, he's not costing you anything if you're the football team. So I don't understand the Tua, you know, we need Tua, Tua, Tua. Like he he isn't gonna be the guy. Like that draft class, it's all it's Herbert, 100 percent And there's, you know, maybe Burroughs, but it's it's a hundred percent. Justin Herbert. So I don't buy that the, we need to do anything right now. I'm not on the 2 bandwagon whatsoever. I think if Fitzpatrick is healthy, you've got to play Fitzpatrick because that's the guy that you were planning for heading into the season. He gives you the best chance to win games today, and that's not a knock on Taylor, but Fitzpatrick is a grizzled vet that has seen every defense possible in this league that will be much more effective at calling audibles at the line and getting the ball to the playmakers, the few that we have, in the spots that they need them to be able to catch the ball and then run with it, as opposed to stop the route and jump up to grab it to prevent uh, an interception. So if Fitzpatrick is healthy, I think for me you gotta play Fitz. I, I, do you agree with me, or you think I'm, well, I'm off see, here?
1: Yeah, I I would, because again, you don't pay a guy ten million dollars to come in and then obviously got hurt and then just sit the bench unless the guy who replaced him is just tearing it up. And I don't think I mean again, Heineke's played well in stretches. He's been good here and there, but let's be honest, that giant game through no fault of his should have been a loss. I mean, they, they should have lost that giant game. If the giants don't line up off sides, they, they lose that game. The Washington football team loses that game. So it's not like he's come in and gone gangbusters and you go, wow, he went to Lambeau field and won or wow. He went, you know, they, they went out to Denver and they beat them by 20. Maybe they do. But he hasn't done anything other than be serviceable. And at 27 years old, that doesn't do it for me. If he were a a rookie, if it was a guy that they drafted and said, okay, you're going to play behind Fitzpatrick for a year, and then he forced into it, and he's a 22, 23-year-old kid, then I go, okay, you know what? Growing pains. He's learning. We We can work with this. I think you're seeing Heineke is what he is. And that is he'd be a great backup. He's great. If you have to plug him in for a few games, he's not going to sink your season entirely. But I don't know that he's a championship caliber quarterback. And I don't mean I'm expecting him to be Brady or Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that. I mean, I don't even know that he can be as consistent or get as hot as, say, a Joe Flacco did years ago and taking Baltimore to a Super Bowl. I don't think the kids got it in him to have that kind of run over that many games against that type of competition. So if he can't do that, He's a backup. So the so Flacco, bad, the Flacco
0: pivot is interesting because Flacco had a incredible defense right behind him. Right, so right. he had to, he got, he got. Flacco had the luxury of picking his moments to be aggressive. He didn't have to be a hundred percent all the time. And when, as that defense, you know, lost a step and got a little bit older and had to be retooled, Flacco had to do more. And then we saw, obviously, he couldn't, he couldn't sustain right. his production either. So I actually love that analogy. The difference is, unfortunately, we don't have that defense, and we thought we did, and I think that's the irony here is that coming into the season foolishly, again, I'll, I'll, for, at least for myself, I foolishly bought into, you know, this defense needs to be a little bit be- – if they're the same or just a tad bit better, then offensively, we have enough. Well, the defense isn't enough, and offensively, we don't really have enough. So, you know, Logan Thomas being injured now for, for two, three weeks, that hurts the team. Ricky Seals, I, I, I think yeah. – I think Mr. Jones has done a really nice job filling in. I mean, he's not going to outrun anybody, but he's—I mean—he's in the right spot. When he gets the ball, he makes things happen. He's not going to fumble the ball. I mean, he's—he's he's a vet. So, you know, look at looking at it again. Like, are they? If Fitzpatrick is healthy, do they win Week One? I mean, do they still lose in Week Two? Do they? Do they get more points, or do they play a little bit better maybe against the Chiefs? I—I I think it's impossible to to answer any of those questions. But if he's ready to go. You know, heading into the bye week, I think you've got to you've got to roll him out. You you could argue maybe we sit him two more weeks and then he comes in for the Buccaneers game, perhaps. But I I agree with you, Bill. I mean, they're not in a position where they can they can drop any more. They have to they have to come out and beat the Broncos, um, or it's you know you don't want that loss going into the bye week. The DC media will have a field day with Ron and everyone else if they don't do something productive. They they got to get a win next week. And the Broncos yeah. right now are trending in a direction where the football team, again, if the scoreboard aside, if they play the way they did today, they, they would beat the Broncos.
1: Yeah. Oh, no question. No question. Because all you have to do is watch the Broncos on Thursday night. And what about the Broncos? I mean, we just talked about Washington. And, and the difference, I, again, I'm not trying to be critical of, of Seals Jones. Uh, he's fine for what he is, but he's not going to have an explosive five catches for 120 and a touchdown like Paulson could, I mean, like Logan Thomas could, right? I mean, that's just not his game. So he's fine as a fill-in. He's He's been adequate, but he, you're missing that explosiveness to go along with McLaurin when Thomas isn't in there. Well, it's kind of the same thing. I wonder how much of the explosiveness are you missing in the passing game with Fitzpatrick not being in there. Because we've seen that guy get on a heater where he's throwing for 350, 400 yards for two or three straight weeks. And you're like, wow, holy cow. Now, it goes the other way as well, where he'll go ice cold. But have we seen anything from Heineke that makes us think, wow, he he could go and tear up, you know, he could go for 350 to 400 yards against the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys in three straight weeks and get this team back on, you know, a winning streak down the stretch. I don't know that he can. I don't know that that's in him, and that yeah, again, I mean, that's I'm, not a knock on him.
0: I don't. I don't think you. I don't think he is going to be able to do that. Right? Again, like it's something as simple as hitting Terry in stride versus overthrowing him right. and having him stop a route. Terry is fast, and if you can get the ball to him in a position where he can. I mean, we saw it today. He had a. He had a catch for you know maybe four or five yards past the line of scrimmage. It was a second and six, I think. He made the catch. He broke a tackle, and then he tore down the sideline. Right that. I don't I think that's maybe the second time all season that he's been able to get the ball in a position to make a play. And I think that's the difference between Taylor and Ryan today right now as we sit here. Ryan healthy with some time to practice with this team the way he did in the offseason coming in. Again, he's a vet. He's going to he's going to figure it out really quick, but hitting Terry in stride is different than hitting Terry, you know, for a 7 or 8 yard, you know, gain. I mean, give give your playmakers an opportunity to catch the ball in a position to make and get additional yards because you have to, right? This team is, they have to generate additional, you know, additional points, additional yards. Like yards after catch is something that matters when you're an average to below average unit. You have to be able to to be shifty and get through and get out. And that's why I love JD McKissick so much. I mean, how many times, say, do you catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage and then still turn it into a two or three or four-yard gain? That's what you need to do. The receivers right now aren't being given that opportunity. They're they're basically catching the ball and getting, you know, either either getting smashed or having, to, again, to stop their route and then jump up and and, and do something to, um, you know, just just to save the ball, to save the possession. So some, some of that stuff I think Ryan can help them with, you know, but this team, again, like, they, at times, like today, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, they're not that far away from being a, a, a week in week out competitive team. Like they looked so different than last week against the chiefs when they well, thought, started off they and then they fell flat. Yeah. I
1: thought they were competitive today. I don't think this was something where now people are going to look at the score and be like, Oh, okay. Well, green Bay covered, you know, they won by 14 or whatever. But if you watch that game, it wasn't like Washington wasn't competitive. Um, I think they've been competitive in, in most of their games this season. Certainly they've had, they've, you know, laid a couple of eggs, but, Um, it's not as a matter of being competitive. It's a matter of taking advantage of when the other team isn't playing up to their standard, and whether it was the defense. Then again, I go back to saying that this was the best I thought I saw the Washington football team play defense. Um, but they stopped Green Bay from being able to run the ball. They made them one dimensional. The problem is that one dimension still pretty damn good. Really good dimension. And when you put up twenty four points. And Rodgers has a QB rating of over 127 or whatever it was, it's gonna be hard to beat. And 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 you have to not be perfect, but you can't, you know, you can't not convert three times in the red zone. They come away with nothing. You can't get into the Packers territory. And I'll even throw the last drive out because that doesn't count. There was one second left, I think, when they got into Packers territory. But so six other times they got into Packer territory and they scored twice. That can't happen. Those are the type of things that bury you. And those are the type of things that in the NFL separate you from being a contender to make the playoffs. I'm not saying a contender to win a championship, but to make the playoffs or to be a team that's going to finish six and 11, seven and 10, and end up with the, you know, top 13, 14 draft pick. That's the little stuff. It's that close these days in the NFL. And that's where they are right now.
0: And, and offensively, offensively, you know, you could argue right now, based on today's performance, the offense is moving along a little bit quicker than the defense. The defense got right today and the defense looked better today. And I think this is, I agree. Like the more I'm looking at the stats, the more I agree with you. This is their, they're probably their best performance uh, to date on this young season.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just, we, we expected so much more. So it's still a letdown. Like it's still a letdown ultimately. And to be in this game and then to lose it the way you did, because you're unable to score, I mean if if Taylor, if if Terry catches the ball, if Taylor scores a touchdown, we're having a different conversation here, right? right. At least at least it's it's closer statistically. But you know, I, I think the team overall, Ron spins everything positively and I actually really like that about him. And and it's I'm sure it has a lot to do with his, you know, his experience as a player, as a coach, and just as a man. I think there's some building blocks here. I think defensively they can look at this and say, We didn't get run over by a team that has been just bulldozing people. From a a running game perspective, and you know Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and he didn't he didn't go for 400 plus yards. He went for 250. He still scored a ton, you know. But it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't our best. It certainly wasn't our worst compared to last week. So there's some things here that I think they can do. They can do a little bit better. Any any final thoughts, Bill, as we put a wrap on this one?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be. you know, people always say, Oh, there, there's no such thing as, you know, a good loss or whatever it is. But I think you have to be encouraged at what you saw today, because again, I think they now can build on this, go to Denver and win. I don't think there's any question about that. I think they can go to Denver and win that game. And then you hope that you get healthy through the bye week. You know, maybe again, I haven't seen on when Fitzpatrick is expected back or a a couple of the other guys that are still injured, but At some point, you've got to look at this team, understand that right now, 7-10 and should be the goal. If you can go 500 the rest of the way, to me, as we said earlier, that means you were successful. That means you got things turned around. You probably played pretty well against your divisional opponents, and you took care of things. So to me, that's the goal, and it starts next week against Denver, they need to show out, they need to be able to go on the road and win a game against a mediocre Denver team. They're not great, they're okay. If they can get that done, then I think we can have some positive vibes going into the bye week. I I don't disagree
0: with you, Bill. Thank you very much for making time to chat with me. We always appreciate having you on the Defeating the Curse podcast. Make sure you check out Bill, the Bill Rowland Show, Tuesdays and Thursdays on the Contender Network. My name is Joe. This is Defeating the Curse. Unfortunately, the football team drops one in Green Bay. We'll see what the coach has to say in the coming uh, in the next couple of hours. We'll be back podcasting on Monday night and Wednesday night. You can hear us on Tuesday and Thursday. We appreciate everyone for checking out the post game show on the Contender. Until next time, for Bill again, my name is Joe. Thanks for tuning in. We are out.